Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Hello, listening audience. You're listening to Pastor Joseph E. Terry, Jr., and I'm sitting in as ghost, uh, the guest host for Sister Nina Griffin or Minister Nina Griffin today. And you're listening to Save the Lost at All Costs. Uh, you want to get this number if you want to call in, 702-650-5588. That's local. And outside the Las Vegas area, you can reach us at 800-366-8883. Again, for local calls, 702-650-5588. And those who are calling outside of Las Vegas, toll-free, 800-366-8883. If you want to watch and listen, you can do so at KKVV's website at KKVV. Dot com or www.kkvv.com. Also, if any of you have missed a previous broadcast and you would like to uh, see those broadcasts, listen to those broadcasts, you can visit Save the Lost at All Costs website at www.savethelostlv.org. Again, that is www.savethelostlv.org. And tell somebody else, tell a family member or friend to tune in. And you can see uh, us in, actually in the studio, if you are streaming live, if you have that capability and you've got um, the type of uh, instruments that you could use to do so, you know, whether it's a computer or if you have iPhone, you can stream live and you can actually see us in the studio. Um, if you're doing that, we're waving at you now. I have a guest in the studio with me, uh, Minister Valisa, and I'm going to let her uh, introduce herself and tell us uh, which church she fellowships with, and then we will move on. Good afternoon. I am Verlisa Coleman, evangelist with the New Bethel Baptist Church at 400 West Adams, where my pastor is Charles E. Marshall. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying sitting here with my friend and my mentor today. Amen. Amen. Well, we're so glad to have you. I want to give some more information. Uh, you can listen um, KKVV 1060 AM's radio station anytime on your cell phone by dialing 
563-999-3194. Again, if you have a, a mobile device and you want to listen to broadcast on that mobile device, you can do that at 563-999-3194. Uh, today's ministry topic is entitled Moral Decline of Our Country and Our Churches. And we aren't going to spend a lot of time talking about that, but we will spend some time talking about the solution. I do want to give some information on what we believe is the culprit or the cause of the moral decline of our country and our churches. Um, but before I do that, uh, I understand that we give uh, a Greek word today, and every Sunday, Minister Nina gives this uh, out, a, a Greek word. Uh, today's Greek word is didasko, and that is D-I-D-A-S-K-O, that is D like in David, I like in Ina, D like in David, A is in Apple, S is in Sam, K is in Kite, and then O is in Olester or other. <laughs> Used to be the name of a friend of mine. But the word's pronounced didasco, and it is the word for the word in Matthew 28 and 20, teaching. You can find it in the Strong's Exhaustive Concord. Strong's Exhaustive Concordance um, at number 1321 of the Greek Dictionary. Again, the word is didasco, and it is the word teaching. And it's really talking about one who is teaching as they learn. Amen. 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 And so that will probably be something we will cover in our materials today as we address this issue about the moral decline of our country and our churches. It's been a while since I sat in as the host, uh, a little rusty, but believe me, I will be bringing it. Amen. 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 I, I will be bringing it. And uh, that's what God calls all of us to do. And sometimes, and what I've seen, especially here in Las Vegas area, that's not happening very much. Amen. Um, but my prayers is that those who are in positions of authority in our ecumenical community would come together and would get busy doing exactly that, bringing it. Amen. Amen. Uh, I can believe this one thing, that there is a way we can shed light on a possible solution to the problem. The folks in the White House claim to be Christians, but they are not operating according to Scripture. Instead, they're doing an eisegesis, and that is reading in the Scripture what they want it to mean. So they might manipulate the public. Everyone who claims to be a Christian may not be, amen, listen to this, may not be true worshipers. All right. Now, this is written in John. And if you have a red letter edition, it's probably in red. But the hour cometh, and now is, 
when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. And that's the gospel according to St. John chapter 4 verse 23. And this is of course the King James version. Again, it mentions true worshipers. Now why would Jesus mention go as far as to say true worshipers rather than worshipers. Well, that's an indication that not everybody who appears to be worshiping are true worshipers. Uh Amen? Amen. Would you draw that conclusion, Minister V? Yes, I would. Amen. Amen. So, it's sad, but it's true that there's a whole lot of church going on on Sunday mornings. But there may not be a lot of worshiping, Mm -hmm. true worshiping. Amen. 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 Prayer, scripture, and teaching of biblical principles have seemingly been removed from some of our most respected institutions. While there are churches that have Bibles in the pews, there are few preachers who are really preaching from the Bible anymore. Mm-hmm. Now that's sad. Yes. That's sad. Now, I'm not reading from some commentary that somebody else has written. Mm. I'm really giving this information based on my experience. Mm-hmm. And the time I've been in Vegas, I mean, it's really appalled me how little teaching goes on. It's It's sad. You know, they're giving superficial speeches, but there are few who really exegete scripture and teach the word of God. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm using these words, and I know there's somebody sitting out there in Radio Land listening, and it's saying, he's using these words, these big words, and we don't know what they mean. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you what they are. I'm not going to drop them on you and not explain. Exegete means drawing out the truth, and it really means getting the truth as the author intended. And because you see the names over the uh, tops of these books in the Bible, those people were the ones who recorded. God is the author. Amen? Amen, amen. Theonustas, God breathed. Amen. Paul says, all scriptures given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness. Yes. Amen. Second Timothy 3.16. Now, he said that for a reason. These men wrote as they were led or guided by the Holy Spirit. Read Second Peter chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. You'll see it for yourself. Again, we're not getting those who stand before us and are responsible for feeding the sheep. We're not getting the exegesis. We're not getting theology. We're not getting systematic theology. Amen. Which is what all of the mm-hmm. various different doctrines of the Bible really are compiled to present. It's just systematic. Uh, it, it all comes together if you are really taking the time to go through and share with the people 
didn't 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 the Lord tell Peter feed my sheep? Feed my sheep. Yes, he, he did. wasn't talking about barbecue <laughs> or steak. <laughs> he wasn't talking about ribs, you know, or fried chicken or turkey. No, nope. no, no. He's talking about his word. The word, Amen. Amen. So raising money. Watch this. So it's not just the White House that's going awry, but you know it's it's our church community as well. Uh, it looks like that we have a caller. So let's take this call. I thought we had a caller. Well, in the meantime. Amen. Hello, you don't save the loss at all costs. Hi, Pastor Terry. Hi, Minister Verlisa, Sister Nina. Hello. Hey, hello. God bless you. How are you? I can't talk long and I don't need to. I'm listening and I appreciate that. But, Pastor, I want to thank you and I want to also say that uh, you and I are passionate about loving the Lord and serving the Lord. And I'd say that about you too, Minister Verlisa. Amen. But it's thank important you. to be in relationship with your teacher uh-huh. or those that you disciple with or fellowship with and that we can be passionate and ask deep questions without fear or retribution of being ostracized or terrorized or made to feel less than. Uh-huh. And I want to say with both of you, You've encouraged me, you've challenged me, and really supported me in making sure that I am serving and being faithful. And that would not have happened if trust and integrity had not been established. So I want to thank you both, and I believe that's one of the problems, Pastor, is that some of these people who allude to be Christians are really bullies. And will not allow anyone to ask questions. They see it as a threat. So I know you have uh, what God has given you, but I just wanted to thank you both, and I love you both. Well, God bless you. God God gets the glory. And uh, again, you know, I say it all the time to anybody who'll listen that you probably, if not the best, one of the best students I've ever had. And I was just telling uh, Minister V here earlier that I recall hearing things from you from time to time that you might have heard me teaching or something 10 years ago, but you didn't forget. You were paying Mm -hmm. attention, and you were observing. Amen, amen. You know, and, and that's what we need today. You know, we need people who have a heart to impart God's word to people. Yes. And then not just tell other people what they ought to do when it comes to God's word, but model that. Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, I love you both, and I'll let you get back to it. And, and thank you, and keep encouraging me and challenging me and supporting me. And I'll do the same, the same and that's how we honor the Lord. Amen. Because we amen. would not have been together. We wouldn't have this if it had not been for him. Yeah. Amen. So thank you both so much. Thank you. Talk to you soon. God Bye-bye. Bless you. Amen, amen. Good hearing from Minister yes. Nina. Yeah, there were some individuals in this city that was upset with me when I licensed her. But the thing is, is that 
I took her through some training, mm-hmm. and it's training that a lot of individuals don't receive, and they're standing up before people and preaching God's word. Look, if God called you to preach, you know, I don't have anything to say about that. But when you say God called you and he didn't, and somebody else might have called you, you know, you weren't called or sent by God, but maybe you called yourself, then oh. I think it shows up sooner or later, yes, and yes. somebody need to call you on that. Amen? Yes. So I'd just like to piggyback on go ahead. On, on Minister Nina really quick, and I'd, I'd like to say to you, Pastor Joe, thank you, because you were instrumental in my walk. Amen. In my Amen. walk, in my very first sermon, I thank you uh, for for being one of my teachers. Amen. Amen. My well, most valued teacher. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Well, you know, again, God is the one who gets the glory. Oh, yes. Amen. I had teachers that spent time with me that I sat at their feet, and they weren't always easy to get along mm-hmm. with. But that that was because they knew what I would encounter yes. along the way and in my Christian walk and during my progressive sanctification, uh, they knew that as I learned, it would make sense to me some of the things that they did that I thought was uh-huh. difficult or what I thought they were being difficult. But praise God today, you know, yes. um, I'm where I'm at and, and listen to me. I don't want anybody to get the wrong impression. I love having nice things, and I like having a good time. And, you know, I want to take care of my wife, and I want to take care of my children and my grandchildren and all that. But I'm not going to compromise my walk with God for things or people. And, you know, what I'm seeing today in the churches of this era is that raising money, putting up extravagant buildings, wearing expensive suits, and driving expensive vehicles are more important than ministering to the needs of those who put their last pennies in the offering buckets on Sunday. And that, to me, is sinful. Keep in mind, many of the members tithing and giving offerings are riding on public transportation, Mm -hmm. while the preacher is driving... Mercedes or Jaguars or Bentleys and Rolls Royce. Yes, yes. It, it don't make sense to me. Amen. If, if, if my church had enough money to pay me where I could drive a Bentley or a Rolls Royce, you know what? I tell them, because there are a whole lot of nice luxury cars that wouldn't even cost half mm. as much, is that I tell them, you know what? Uh, give me a nice vehicle that is a fraction of the price of yes. that vehicle and take the rest of that money and let's find some people in the congregation who really need it, mm-hmm. who are willing to work and who are willing to do something productive and let's help them. Amen, amen. That's the way I think it ought to be. When we look at scripture, we don't see, you know, that extravagant type uh, mindset, hmm. you know, um, I referred to the White House earlier, and I wasn't picking on anybody specific. I think people know who's there, and I think people know what they're doing, you know. But when you start to uh, bringing in people uh, that 
supposed to be advisors and things like that, and namely people that are part of the Word Faith Movement, and that is the prosperity gospel, you know, uh, preachers. Uh, that really calls into question, I believe, your integrity hmm. as a believer. Yes. Because the Bible tells us the poor will always have. Yes. They'll always be with us. But we have individuals preaching that if you have enough faith, you won't be poor. And if you have enough faith, you won't be sick. Well, that's not true. There were some faithful individuals in Scripture who were ill. And they were genuine people of faith. Yes, Lord. Amen. And I do believe that Jesus died so that we could be healed, but a lot of times we focus too much on what's happening here yes. on this planet. And we, if we're genuine believers, if we're true worshipers, this is not our home. Amen. We're Amen. just passing through. Just passing through. Huh. So the stuff we do here, we're going to leave it here. Amen. 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 So when people put more emphasis on having things and 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 being, you know, um, affluent, then they put on being instrumental in others' lives and helping others. Some who are just surviving, then I, I don't I don't agree with that. I don't see where they can really uh, support it biblically. Amen. So, please bear with us a while um, as we share what we believe to be a possible solution to the problem. You know, um, in the White House, it's all about greed, power, control, and supremacy. White supremacy. Now, For those who are listening, I don't want anybody to get the idea that I'm a racist, because I'm not. I'm an all-inclusive guy. I don't believe in segregation. I'm not a separatist. Uh, I believe that we all need to come together. I don't believe that there's a black church or a white church or a Hispanic church or an Asian church. I believe that it's one church and it consists of all ethnic groups. As a matter of fact passage that I got the Greek word out of today talks about um, what the King James says, go and teach all nations, because that's the and we'll we'll cover that, the, the word there, methetis, or, or methetuo and, and it's, it's really talking about um, making disciples, if you look at the revised version um and then it, it says of all nations, and, and of course the word nations is the word ethnos, which means ethnicities, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, nationalities. So it's talking about being all-inclusive when you reach out. If you only go to people that look like you, talk like you, walk like you, smell like you, then, you know, you have a problem. Yes. If you think that the only people who ought to exist are those people, you got a problem. Amen, amen. I mean, you, you can't call yourself a true worshiper if that's your mindset. So I'm not that guy, but I will call it the way I see it. 
And if I see it and I understand it and I can interpret it, don't tell me that what I'm seeing is not what it really is. Because that's what a statement that was made out of the White House. Which means somebody's trying to cover something up. Amen. Amen. But we have the same thing going on in our churches. We have a bunch of politics going on. We don't have the folks that are gifted in certain areas in the positions they ought to be functioning in. We got folks that are in those positions who we like or who will do what we want or you know i mean look it's a respect of a person type mindset and of course we know over in james it says there's no respect of person with, with god amen amen and and that's where the problem is so here's what i want to talk about because we see a problem when it comes to individuals Receiving Christ, and some have not really prayed to receive Christ, but some event occurred in their life, and they will say, well, I know God saved me in that incident or that situation. That's not salvation. You, you got to pass on that. Somehow you survived it. But we know that salvation or soteriology which is the technical term for it, the theological term for it, we know that there were different times when that was portrayed, and in the Old Testament, uh, it never meant eternal life. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, when the Holy Spirit came upon anybody, the Holy Spirit made a visitation. Mm -hmm. In the New Testament, amen, Old Testament being... uh, Scripture that was foretold uh, or predicted, and then uh, New Testament being Scripture fulfilled, and that is what was in the Old Testament and what had been spoken in the New Testament, it come to pass. Mm-hmm. That is Scripture fulfilled. What we, we know that when it came down to salvation in the New Testament, now this is the New Covenant written in reality in Jesus' blood, mm-hmm. When he died, dying wasn't really the biggest deal. Now, we know it was an agonizing and and it was a a very treacherous experience, uh, very painful, you know. And But when it wasn't until he rose Mm -hmm. from the dead that salvation became a reality. Yes, amen. And some people think, that because their forefathers or foremothers were saved, you know, uh, I've been in church all my life. No, you haven't. You might have been there, but the church wasn't in you. Amen. Okay, because a grandma was a Christian or a grandpa was a Christian, that automatically makes me one. Matter of fact, I was listening to Nina as she was doing the show about two, three weeks ago, and there was an individual, a gentleman called in, and he was telling uh, Nina that uh, when you die, you don't automatically uh, go to hell or, you know, uh, that there is something else that happens. And really what he was doing was trying to establish an argument for purgatory, Mm -hmm. which is not biblical. It's not biblical. Amen. We know in John... Uh, 14 and 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me or Amen. through me. Amen. There's no back door to heaven. Amen. 
Only a front door, and Jesus is the one taking tickets, and if you don't go past him, you don't get in. And a lot of people want to say that there's other ways to God. Well, not according to John 14 and 6. And if you call yourself a worshiper, if you call yourself a believer, and you don't know what the word of God says, shame on you. Especially if you, somebody I know real well, argue the point. I give them the scripture, and, and, and they read the scripture and still don't agree with it. something wrong with you. You either uh, believe all of it or none of it. Amen. It's really that simple. And he says, no one gets to the Father but by me or through me, if you read a Revised Standard Version. So let's talk about the possible solution here. The reason I say possible solution, we know with man things are impossible, with God all things are possible. But here's the thing, only when an individual is willing to follow the instructions given by the word of God, will it work for them? Amen. Let's see, you know, if we use Bible as an acrostic, we could say that Bible means what? You know that one? Using the the word Bible for basic instructions before leaving Earth, right? Amen. That that, that makes sense. Now I don't know who came up with that, but it, it makes sense to yeah, me. Man. And the important part of it is instructions. Instructions. And so many aren't getting it. They're not getting it where they go and worship. Amen. Amen. You know, and you got individuals that are. Uh, Baptist preachers who are hooking up with cults. I mean, look, I, woo! It, it's really, it's really becoming difficult. Yes, my patience is growing real thin. We have a caller. Amen. I don't see who it is, so let's see who's on the line. Hello, you listening to Save the Lost at All Costs? Praise the Lord, my brother. My, my name, I'm Elder Thomas. And I was listening to you, and you're right about the days and time when men seeking riches and not seeking, you know, the Spirit of God to guide us for instructions, you know, and uh, answers that we need from God. And you make the statement that Christ uh, rose from the dead. It's true, completed it. But when he shed his blood, that was the most one of the most important things because he atoned for all our sins for there's no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. Amen. Amen. And what you're saying needs to be said and I support you and shalom and God bless you. God bless you my brother. Amen. Now you see what this brother did was he, he quoted scripture. You're right. One of the most important things that happened was the shedding of the blood because again there is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding, but but not any blood. You know how, I don't know who came up with this, but somebody said, man, if you want to get something right, you got to do it yourself. God looked at us and he said, look, you know what? None of them can suffice. I got to do this myself. myself. And he bled for us. But Amen. when Jesus rose, that's when salvation was attainable amen amen now again let's look at a possible solution we're going to talk about catching 
and cleaning. A lot of catching is going on, but very little cleaning. Do we have someone on the line? Looks like we have a call coming through. Amen. Hello, you listening to Save the Lost at All Costs? Praise the Lord, sir. How you doing today? Minister Parham. <laughs> I know the voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How you doing, How you doing to the sister that's sitting next there to you? Blessed, blessed. Hallelujah. I've been I've been holding on. I've been holding on because I wanted to call in earlier. Amen. But I want to um, stand in agreement with you about the worshiping and spirit and in truth. And I, I wanted to say this one particular thing where the scripture says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man or woman Amen. who built his house on the rock yes. and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. Mm-hmm. Amen. But it did not fall Amen. because it had been founded on the rock. Amen. And the word of God, the Amen. Bible, Amen. is the only rock upon which to build morality. Yeah, yeah. tell us where you was reading from. I should have asked the, the brother before you to do that. But, but Matthew no. chapter 7. Amen. Verses 24 and 25. Amen. Amen. And I believe that it begins at home That's with right. the man and with the woman. And That's I believe right. that once the man repents for di- being disobedient, because the scripture says that God has already put the law in his heart. Yes. And so we hear God's voice, but sometimes we ignore God's Amen. voice. Amen. And when the man begins to get down on his knees and repent for transgressing God's law and word, deed, and thought, for not listening and obeying, then we can start making a change in the lives of the family, which goes out into the community. Amen. And the last thing is, when we come into the church, you know, all churches don't belong to God. Amen. You know, Revelation says that, uh, you know, some of these places are the synagogue of Satan. Hallelujah. And so when we do get to the house of God, when the man speaks forth the word of God, then we in the pews should be getting a confirmation that we heard God correctly. But sometimes studying the word of God, praying the word of God, prophesying and fasting will cost you because God says, I want it all. Even though he paid it all, he still says, I want it all because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I believe that it starts at home, and it starts with the man who is the head of the house, who is under Christ, hallelujah, as he is the head of the church. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If anybody questioned what this young lady just said, Minister Parham, go to First Timothy chapter 3 and read it in its entirety, and everything she just said, you'll find it there. And it does belong at, uh, it does begin at home, and it is the responsibility of the one who is the head of the household to see that it goes forth. Look, we hey. are so glad that you called in. Amen. Amen. God bless and keep you. God keep, bless you too. Keep keep carrying the message of the gospel. Hallelujah. You too, sir. Amen. Amen. God, God bless y'all. Bye bye. God bless you. Amen. 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 We getting we getting some good 
feedback today. Amen. Um, I'm pretty sure we got a few folk out there that want to bite our heads off, but we're ready for that too. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to dive into this quickly. If you're listening, you have your Bible next to you, or you have a mobile device, or you have a tablet, whatever you're using, I want you to locate uh, the Gospel of uh, St. Luke, uh, chapter 5. Amen. Amen. And uh, while we're going to be looking at uh, probably the first 11 verses, we're going to start out with uh, Luke chapter 5, and we're going to read verses 9 through 11. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about uh, the catching and cleaning, because there's a lot of catching going on. Folks is opening up the doors on these buildings that are sanctuaries, and like uh, Minister Parham pointed out, uh, some of them really aren't the sanctuaries of God. Uh, but uh, they are taking folks in droves, and they're bringing them in, and uh, they're entertaining them. Uh, Minister Nina calls it Christian-tainment. Uh, they're putting on theatrical presentations. They have a bunch of music. And uh, they have a song and a dance and then a, a sermon. And then they send them back out the same way they came in. And sometimes they send them back out worse than where they were when they came in. <laughs> but there's not a whole lot of cleaning going on. It's a mm-hmm. lot of catching. But we want to talk about catching and cleaning because I believe this is a solution to the problem that we see not only on a national or worldly level, but also a communal level. When we're talking about the community of churches, we see this in in both scenarios. Amen. So in the secular realm, it's a problem. And when we look at uh, the uh, sanctified aspect of this, when we look at the, and some people might want to use the term religious, although I'm not talking about religion, but when we talk about the sanctified things of God, amen, the uh, uh, ordained things of God, the anointed things of God, mm-hmm. it's also happening in those arenas as well. Amen. And so I'm going to ask Minister V if she would read uh, Luke 5, verses 9 through 11. Amen. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the drought of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Now, generally, when we hear a message about Jesus' encounter with Peter and this concept of making his disciples fishers of men, in most cases, we only consider what the Lord was talking about in relationship to leading lost people to Christ. Mm -hmm. But what should happen after this? See, this is what I'm talking about. No place in the Gospels Does Jesus direct any of his disciples to make Christians of anyone? Moreover, he instructs believers in this manner. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, 
I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now that's Amen. Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen, and 20. And it's a King James Version rendering. And I want you to know the word teach in verse 19 is not the same as the word teaching in verse 20. I just want to throw that at you right now. Now we were talking about this earlier, but I'm going to give it to you again. The word teach in verse 19 in the original language is the word methetuo or methetus. Which means one is becoming a student or pupil as he or she is already a student or pupil. The word teach in the Revised Standard Version is translated disciples or make disciples. Amen. Now the word nations, and I mentioned this earlier, in verse 19 in the original language is the word ethnos, which is where we get the word ethnic or nationality. Mm-hmm. Said that earlier, right? In essence, go to every ethnic group or nationality or race. So you don't just go to folks that look like you. Amen. And if you are called and sent by God, it won't matter to you. Mm-hmm. You'll be colorblind. Amen. Amen. The word baptizing in the original language is the word baptizo, which can be interpreted as becoming one with or to be at one meant or what we would refer to as atonement, figuratively speaking. And of course, this is symbolic, this portion. But metaphorically speaking, it puts one in the mind of dipping a white piece of cloth in the red dye. This is what they taught when I was in school. Mm-hmm. Immediately, the cloth becomes one with the dye because it is no longer white but red. The phrase, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, declares unification or co-equality of the Godhead. That Godhead is co-equal in power, omnipotent. Knowledge, omniscient, and present, omnipresent. Keep in mind that the Son of God is also God the Son. And we got individuals that don't understand that God the Son has always existed. Amen. And when people refer to Jesus as the Son of God, they need to understand that God the Son uh, coexisted with the Father. Yes. From eternity to eternity. They don't get it. Jesus only existed when he was born out of Mary. But that's God the Son who comes as a seed born out of a woman and take upon himself flesh. And we call that the incarnation. Yes. Or incarnate. That means wrapped up in flesh. Yes. But nobody's teaching. And that's why people, when they hear this stuff, they think it's preposterous. They don't believe it because they haven't been taught. If somebody would just teach some theology somewhere, it's sickening to me. I'm tired of going to worship services and going and sitting under pastors that aren't on my level. Okay, and I'm not bragging. I'm saying, look, the people need to be on that level. If they've been in a worship experience for 10, 15, 20 years, somebody ought to have been teaching this stuff. Yes, yes. He always existed just as God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. Remember, John says this in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 and 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, 
and without him was not anything made that was made. And 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, just if anybody will go back to verse 1 who's listening to us. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the Word became flesh in verse 14. So wait, no mistake about who it's talking about. So if he was in the beginning, now we need to understand that God has no beginning or no end. No so it's got to be talking about in the beginning of creation. Amen. And if you have somebody teaching you, they're going to teach you this three uh, theories of creation. You have the cosmological argument, the ontological argument, and the teleological argument. Whichever one you want to go with or want to believe. The, you know, those of you who got your uh, mobile devices and you can go to Google and everything else, look that stuff up. Amen. Okay? But I'm telling you, somebody needs to start teaching in this city because there's very few who are really teaching. So anytime we consider what Jesus said to Peter on that early morning rendezvous at Lake Genezaret, we should consider both aspects of evangelism training by including Christian discipleship as a part two of evangelism training. Amen. Listen to this. When we lead people to Christ, if they join a uh, the congregation, the church, and I, when I talk about the church, I'm talking about the ecclesia, the called out ones. I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about the group of people that make up the body. Amen. They go into uh, like a new membership class. In a new membership class, the things that have to be set right are these. They understand what it means to be saved. How do you come into salvation? And then they understand their responsibility to get involved in a discipleship program. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus talked a lot about making disciples of people, but he never said anything about making Christians of people. Amen. Disciples follow his word and practice the principles. People who claim to be Christians are just folks who are name dropping. They are not committing to following the word and the principles written in it. Amen? Amen. Now look, read Matthew twenty-eight twenty, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now, this should clear things up for all of us because it really gets specific about the process of catching and cleaning. The word teaching in Matthew twenty-eight twenty is not the same word as in verse 19. The word in the original language is didasko, which was the Greek word I gave you earlier uh, from a derivative of deo to learn, uh, to teach in the same broad application. So it's both. It is to learn and to teach. Amen. Amen. Teach suggests that one teaches as he or she learns. Amen. So everybody at some point should be doing some teaching. Amen. But you can't teach what you don't know. Amen. And people aren't teaching folks so they don't know what their responsibility is. Furthermore, they don't know how to carry it out. Amen. Amen. Teaching them to observe all things Whatsoever I have commanded you. 
this portion of verse 20 really does apply to one catching the fish to be a model in the cleansing process. We certainly cannot teach what we aren't living. Amen. And that's the problem. We got a lot of folks in positions who ought to be modeling for those who are following their leadership, but of course they are falling down in their responsibility Amen. or falling short. Amen. Of course this is a hyperbole, but no one takes a piece of fish and serve it without cleaning it first, <coughs> regardless of how you eat it. Nobody's going to take it and ingest it without cleaning it first. And then it's fit for service. Hmm. Often we want to commission men and women, boys and girls, to do ministry without first assuring that they have been through the cleaning process. Amen. Wow. As sinners, we're just like a leper that must be cleansed. The Apostle John offers this exhortation. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. First John 1 and 7. Amen. When we come to him, <clears throat> there must be a progressive cleaning process for our growth. That's what I meant earlier when I said progressive sanctification, my progressive sanctification. <clears throat> I have had, and I'm still on this, progressive sanctification mode. I'm in it. Amen. When we come to him, there must be a progressive cleaning progress or process for our growth. Theologians refer to this growth process as progressive sanctification. God's word tells us to come as we are, but it does not tell us we should stay the way we are. Amen. If we are going to be fit for service, then we must be cleansed. Amen. Amen. And watch this. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If we're catching and cleaning, three things must be evident. First, we must be receptive to the gospel. We don't have much time to read, so I'm going to have to uh, pass over the reading of the passages, but you read it. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. We're talking about catching and cleaning. Second, we must be willing to receive and follow instructions. Uh, Luke 5, verses 4 through 5. We're talking about catching and cleaning. Third, we must have repentant heart. A repentant heart and acknowledge our shortcomings. Luke chapter 5 verses 6 through 8. We're talking about catching and cleaning. Amen. Here's the application. Have you had an encounter like Peter with the Lord Jesus Christ? If so, you now ready for the catching and cleaning assignment. Now, we're we going to hold up there. We, we don't have, but uh, we're under three minutes. And... So we're not going to have enough time to give you the application. But I think by now you've gotten the idea. Amen. Amen. I want to give Minister V an opportunity to give some input in this last couple of minutes. 
Amen. I'd just like to say once again, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Joe, for for inviting me out with you. Catching and cleaning. Um, it's something that we need to do in our communities, right there at home, in our own home church. Um, pay attention to what's going on with our children, because if we have nothing to pass down, then there goes the church. Um, once again, I'd like to thank you and Minister um, for um, Nina for having me out today. Amen. Amen. And I want to say this, just like uh, Minister Parham said earlier, that it all starts at home. Amen. We can't expect the church to clean up our mess. Amen. We can't send our children to church. And expect the minister to straighten them out. Amen. No, when they go to church, they need to go understanding their responsibility and how to carry themselves Amen. and what they should represent the kingdom that is. And they should be able to do that because they've been trained at home. Amen. And Amen. when they go, they can share along with the brethren what they've uh, been taught at home. And, of course, we know marriages and families wouldn't be falling apart if this is what was happening. We wouldn't be going through what we're going through in this country. We wouldn't have, I think, the kind of uh, ill relationships that we have with other nations if this is what was really going on in the White House. So I just want to leave this on the hearts and minds of those who are listening today. If your church is not teaching the, the Word of God, and if all you see is a bunch of materialism, and a bunch of, you know, uh, theatrics and Christentainment, then maybe you ought to ask your pastor for a sit-down and suggest that your church bring somebody in. The pastor don't have to have a seminary graduate, but the pastor ought to have enough scruples to bring in somebody on staff who does have that. And I just want to thank everybody for Amen. listening today and i want to tell you to save the lost at all cost amen it is our humble prayer that the most high god of all creation and our lord and savior jesus christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of god with your generous donations save the lost at all costs is a holy spirit filled live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 a.m. and 101.5 FM. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www. SaveTheLostLV.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.SaveTheLostLV.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost Inc. P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas. 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 
833-5852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what. Why don't you bless?